0: Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grinded Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to pick up where we left off in Luke chapter 20. And we were talking about how uh, Jesus has made his way through Jericho and he's come into Jerusalem and he's cleaned out the temple and, and he has driven those people who were selling the sacrifices for profit. He's driven them out and he's come back to the temple on a daily basis and he's teaching people the, the true ways of God. And, and these religious leaders are, are just, they're indignant. They, they hate, they I mean, they literally hate Jesus. They, they can't stand him. And so, uh, they want to know, uh they asking they just try asking by whose authority are you doing these things and basically what they're saying is who do you think you are and and we talked about in the last podcast that it, it, nothing has changed it, it was in the garden Adam and Eve wanted to be their own God. They wanted to do their own thing. They didn't want to be told by God on how to live and and, and what to do. Satan comes along and dupes them and says, hey, you can be like God. They were already in perfect communion with God. But Satan comes along and says, you can be like God. You can know both good and evil like it's some good thing. And and they took the bite of that fruit and and sin entered in and and it separated them from God and they were banned from the garden and all these curses came upon the serpent and and, and 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 Adam and Eve and man and and then that's why Jesus had to come and down the cross for our sins because Adam and Eve they just blew it and and then we see the same thing with the the Hebrew people when they're crying out in in, in Egyptian uh, slavery and and they're crying out to God to deliver them and He sends Moses in and, and and through Moses God delivers the people and He leads them by a cloud by day and a fire by night and And he is leading them to the the land of promise, a land that flows with milk and honey, some of the greatest blessings they could ever uh receive from God, but yet while god while while Moses is up on the mountain talking with God and getting the commandments uh, from god where where God was going to tell the people how they could live to be pleasing to him and to follow him. Uh, they get tired of waiting on Moses and they get Aaron to uh, make a golden calf out of their jewelry. And so they have something there before their eyes to uh, worship. And so in in other words, they're saying, I don't want God to tell us how to live and, and what to do. We want to make our own God and we want to do our own thing. And make our own decisions. And, and then we see the same thing going on all throughout the Old Testament and we see it in the New Testament. And we see it with the religious leaders because these are the people who are supposed to be pointing people to God. They, they know the Old Testament scriptures. They, they know the Psalms. They, they know what the prophets say. They, they have the law of Moses and they know it like the back of their hand. The first five books of the Bible, they knew it well. They had their traditions that, that where they interpreted, uh, the, the old, the, the uh, God's law, the mosaical law, and and they had tried to make their traditions and and their interpretation of the law binding on the people. But my point is, here is God in the flesh standing before their very eyes, the very Messiah that they've been studying about and looking forward to for a long, long time. And they're going to reject the very Messiah that they claim to look for the god that they claim to love and the god they claim to serve and 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 they're going to reject him to his face and, and by the end of the week they're going to crucify him they're going to have him nailed to a cross and they and they think that they have gotten rid of this bum this guy that's walking around the street claiming that uh, from city to city he doesn't even own a home he he has no family he how can he be from the lineage of david Uh, his mom was known as an adulterer because she was pregnant outside and wasn't even married And, and and so all of these things they could not they could just could not figure out it just didn't add up in their minds Because they had these preconceived ideas of who the Messiah was going to be. And they couldn't get past their preconceived ideas. And so they're going to reject God in the flesh. And we looked at how Paul uh, talked about how Jesus was the visible image. The one that they could uh, reach out and touch and shake his hand with, eat meals with, have conversations with. Jesus was the, the image of the invisible God. And so... Here we are in, in uh, May of 2022, and we don't have Jesus. He's not standing there before us. He, and, and, and we talked about how uh, Thomas. Jesus told Thomas, he said, You believe because you see me. You see the nail prints in my hands. You can see where the spear has pierced my side. You can touch me. But he said, blessed are those who believe but have never seen. And so we don't have Jesus standing before us. All we have is God's word. Which, and we talked about how this is the standard that everything is measured from. Whether we believe it or not. Whether we choose to believe that God exists or whether we're going to reject that God even exists. And that's what a lot of people in our world in our society today choose to do. And Paul talked about how people have suppressed the truth of God in Romans 1. And that's exactly what people still, to do, still do today because we don't want to be told how to live. We want to be our own God. We want to make our own decisions. And and, and the the problem with that is is you can get through life and, and, and make your own decisions and you can be in control of your own life. But what happens at death? What happens when we take our last breath and, and our heart beats for the last time and we pass from this life into eternity we no longer have control and you can say well i just don't believe in all that stuff i i I think when we die we die and we're just gone forever never to be thought of again we're just dust in the ground And, and and that's fine but that does not change the fact that that god exists heaven is real Hell is a real place. And we're going to either one of those two places. And we talk about how if we reject the blood of Jesus Christ and we reject making him our Lord and Savior, and we say, who do you think you are? I'm going to be my own God. Well, if we die and and we have never had the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins, we're going to be separated from God for eternity. Never to have another opportunity to be made friends again with God. And that's what Jesus has done. He has reconciled us. And he has made us friends again. He has brought that relationship where sin has separated us from God. Jesus, through the cross and through that empty, uh, that empty tube when he was resurrected on the third day, he has brought us back together with God the Father. And so, if we choose to reject him, we're going to spend eternity in hell without ever having a second chance. But if we choose to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and be baptized for the remission of our sins and be planted in that watery grave and come up out of that water a new creation in Christ and we're filled with God's Holy Spirit and we walk with Him on a daily basis Then our sins, our, our past sins, our present sins and our future sins, they're forgiven. And that's what the Bible says over and over again. That's the message. Uh, and, and And so we would be, through the blood of Jesus Christ, in, in good standings with God and we will be with God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for eternity. And so we have to answer that question. Just like these these religious leaders, they told Jesus, Who do you think you are? And so we we answer we have to answer that question. Who do you think you are? Who do we say that Jesus is? And so today I want to pick up with that thought in in Luke twenty and and going back to these religious leaders, these guys, you know, they would teach the law. And, and, and Moses wrote the law, right? But it was given to him by God himself. The first five books of the Bible, called the Pentateuch. And so these guys would know, know the law really well. And they would teach, when they would teach the law, they would say something like this. They would say, by the authority of Moses, or they would say, Moses said... And, and and they even um when when God allowed the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar's army to come in and destroy uh Jerusalem and that the land's gonna set desolate for empty for seventy years, and you can read about that in Second Chronicles, I believe it's chapter thirty-six. Um and the prophets all said this was gonna happen if you keep rejecting God, and they did, the, the Hebrew the Israelite people did and and so god allows the the ba- babylonians to come in and they wipe jerusalem off the face of the map they 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 destroy that beautiful temple and they they kill a lot of people but some of the people they take to uh babylon with them and uh people like daniel and and, and his friends and they they retrain them uh they give them new names retrain them in in their language the pagan language the pagan ways and so when when the uh so while they're in captivity for those seventy years, they've lost their place of worship and uh they they come up with their own way, uh their own buildings to worship, and that's called the synagogues. And so these synagogues start sprouting up in certain places and 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 when we come over into the New Testament and and, and when we study the book of Acts, Paul would travel around and every city that he went to, the first place that he would go to was the synagogues and that's because that's where the Jews were there worshiping God on the sabbath day and and, and so this all started way back then in in, in when uh, they were in um, in um, being captured by the Babylonians and israel was in Jerusalem was destroyed and so they they made these synagogues to uh worship God, and in those synagogues. There was a seat placed in the front of everybody, and it was called uh, the seat of Moses. And you can read about that in in Matthew 23, 3. Uh, But it was a seat of honor. And if you were in Moses' seat, you were the the big dog, if you will, and you were highly respected and you were uh, uh, well honored. Uh, You did not question anyone who sat in the seat of Moses and taught the law. But that's exactly what jesus did Uh, in matthew's account of the sermon of the mount jesus would tell the crowds he said you have heard it said talking about how the religious leaders would would teach the people he said you you have heard it said uh but now i say to you meaning that i have authority over anyone sitting in the seat of moses in fact i even have authority over moses himself and, and when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he's teaching the people, Luke says that the people hung on every word that come out of the mouth of Jesus. They, they loved everything that he was saying. And it's like they were in awe. They would marvel at what Jesus was saying. And in Luke 4, 32, Luke puts it like this. He says, there too, the people were amazed at his teaching for he spoke with Authority, And what he means by that is not like as these religious leaders taught as in, in Moses would say this or Moses would say that. Jesus is saying, look, I'm the Messiah. I'm from God. And I'm telling you, this is the way that you are to live, to be pleasing to God. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is pause here and interject something that was going on just prior to Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem and, and and his teaching at the temple. And to do this, I want to show you some things from the book uh, of John. And, and we've already studied the book of John. We've broken it down, just like we're breaking down Luke here. And you can go back and listen to those podcasts uh, whenever you have time. And, and, and I pray that you do, and I pray that you share them, because John just says, here's Jesus, here's what he did. And John just puts Jesus in your face, and he says, you've got to make a decision and uh, 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 what you're going to do with Jesus. But Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead as he's coming into Jerusalem, right, to be crucified for the sins of man. And he's raised Lazarus from Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus has been dead in the tomb for uh, four days and he's, uh, the, the word has spread all over that area, including Jerusalem. In John 11, 45, verses 12 through 50, it says, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done when he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Then the leading priests and the Pharisees called the high council together and said, what are we going to do? They, uh, they asked each other, this man certainly performs many miraculous signs. And if we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. In other words, we're going to lose our power. We're going to lose our prestige. They're going to quit looking at us and they're going to focus all their attention on this man, Jesus. And they're not going to care about us anymore. And then they say, uh, the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was a high priest at that time, said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own as high priest at that time. He was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to the place near the wilderness to the village of Ephraim and he stayed there with his disciples. And it was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, what do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? And meanwhile, the leading priests and the Pharisees had publicly ordered... Now get this. This is leading up to the point that Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. You see, Luke doesn't give us this many details, but John does because John was there. He knows. He saw it firsthand. He heard this stuff going on firsthand. Luke is writing from eyewitness accounts, but John is giving, giving it to us firsthand. And so... He's given us all these details that's leading up to Jesus and when he come into Jerusalem and, and what's going on with these religious leaders. And you can see how they just hated Jesus. And says they kept looking for Jesus and they stood around in the temple and they're, they're looking for him. They're asking each other, what do you think? Is he going to come for Passover? Surely he won't. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the Pharisees have publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately. Why? Because they wanted to get to know him? No so they could arrest him. And six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, and Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made of essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. Why? Because she's preparing Jesus for his death. She somehow knew what was about to take place the house was filled with the fragrance but judas iscariot the disciple who was soon betraying him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages it should have been sold and the money given to the poor not that he cared for the poor john says he was a thief and since he was in charge of the disciples money he often stole some for himself and jesus replied leave her alone she did this in preparation for my burial you will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. The leading priests decided to kill Lazarus too. See, that that shows you their attitude right here. Not only did they want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus, who Jesus had just raised from the dead. They were just indignant. They were jealous. They hated anything to do with Jesus, the Messiah that they've been looking for. And so the next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. And you could see the religious leaders are getting excited. Here's our chance. He's coming. And we're going to get him. We're going to have him arrested. Our our day is coming. So a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. And they shouted, Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hell to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your King is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. And we already talked about that in a couple of podcasts ago. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead. So there's people in this crowd that is got their palm branches and they're waving it and they're singing Hosanna and praises to, to Jesus, the, the son of David, and they're putting their clothes on the ground for the donkey to walk on. Many that was in that crowd seen Lazarus come out of the tomb alive after he'd been dead for four days. And that's that's what John says. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. This is the guy who raised lazarus from the dead there's something special about this guy that was the reason so many went out to meet him because they had heard about this miraculous sign then the pharisees here we go here we go the pharisees said to each other there's nothing we can do look everyone has gone after him remember they wanted to arrest him if you see jesus you come to us we're going to have him arrested but when they saw the people and they heard the things that they were saying they said to each of these pharisees religious leaders we can't do anything everyone is going after him some greeks who had come to jerusalem for the passover celebration paid a visit to philip who was from Bethsaida in galilee and they said sir we want to meet jesus and philip told andrew about it and they went together to ask jesus and jesus replied now the time has come for the son of man to enter into his glory i tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies it remains alone but its death will produce many new kernels a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour, but this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. So the father answers the son in his prayer. Right there in front of everybody. And when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder while others declared an angel had spoken to him. And then Jesus told them the voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging this world has come. And when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And then I am lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men everywhere to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. And the crowd responded, We understood from Scripture that the Messiah would live forever. How can you say the Son of Man will die? Just who is this Son of Man anyway? And Jesus replied, My light will shine for you just a little longer. Because he's going to die in a few days. They just didn't understand. They didn't get it. Walk in the light while you can so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they're going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time and then you will become children of the light. And after these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still... Did not believe in him. They, the people, this crowd, they, they, they saw Lazarus raised from the dead, and they, they're singing their praises to Jesus as he's coming into Jerusalem. But despite all of that, and to hear his message, they did not believe in him. And uh. John says, this is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe, for as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and he spoke of the Messiah's glory. Many people did did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, But they wouldn't admit it for the fear that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God, John says. Jesus shouted to the crowds, if you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me, which goes back to what Paul said. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And here's Jesus telling the crowd that day as he's in Jerusalem. If you trust me, you're trusting not only me, but the God, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing God. You are seeing the one who sent me. I am his image. I reveal the Father to you. I have come as a light in this, to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me but uh who hear me but do not obey me for i have come to save the world and not to judge it but all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth i have spoken i don't speak by my own authority my father who sent me has commanded me to what to say and how to say it and i know his commands lead to eternal life so i say whatever the father tells me to say now i know that was a long reading But I wanted to read that to show you exactly what Jesus was dealing with as he was coming to Jerusalem. And when he got to Jerusalem, uh, he has this encounter with the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the people. And we have it all in detail because John was actually there. And he gives us more insight than what Luke does. Uh, because Luke was not actually there, if you go back and you read Luke one, Luke tells us that the 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 ways that he wrote his gospel, and he says you know he says, "I interview people, I interview people who were there. I have eyewitness accounts, but Luke himself was not an eyewitness, but John was John was with Jesus for three to three and a half years on a daily basis and and so he could tell us all of these details. And these religious leaders, they're ready to pounce on Jesus when he when he got to Jerusalem, and they're going to do everything in their power to kill the Messiah they've been looking for. Why? Because this guy is a homeless bum, and and he looks like an average, ordinary dude. He's not dressed in religious garb, and he, he he's he's claiming to be the Messiah, and and his his mom was pregnant before she was ever even married, and and his brothers didn't even care for him his sisters didn't even care for him his own people don't even care for him he's rejected everywhere he goes and not not only that he's messing with our power he's messing with our prestige and people are are turning their attention from us and they're not listening to us anymore they're going to listen to him and they're hanging on to every word that he says we got to get rid of this guy and by the end of the week they're going to have their way because they uh are going to have jesus crucified by the hands of one of jesus's handpicked disciples named judas iscariot who do you think you are jesus by what authority do you do these things and jesus responds with the question and he knew that they wouldn't answer and that's what jesus did a lot he uh he would answer a question with a question. I, I, I'm not that good. Uh, I just tell people what's on my mind, and and I, I don't. Sometimes I don't process it enough. I don't care. Uh, I, I just blurt it out there, and I hurt people's feelings. And I've had people say, "You're not very tactful." By the way, I've handled some situations in the past, but it's not that I'm not tactful. It's just that I'm just going to tell you the way it is. Uh, I'm I'm a realist. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I see. This is the situation. These are the facts yeah deal with it uh, uh i'm not going to soften the blow by any means but jesus was he, he was a lot better uh uh with um uh these exchanges with these people who literally wanted him dead and and so he asked them a, a question themselves and uh, if, if if i would have been in in jesus's shoes i'd have i'd have been doing something like i would have said hey you don't know who i am you don't know what I can do? I just raised the guy from the dead. Do you not hear this story of Lazarus? I mean, Lazarus is standing. Uh, you can go to his house in Bethany and visit him. You can visit his sisters. Uh, he was, it was, it's a known fact that he was in the tomb for four days. And I went and called him out of the tomb. And he come walking out in his grave clothes. And he's alive again. Oh, yeah, we know he's alive. We want to kill him. Just like we want to kill you. We want to get rid of the evidence is what they're saying. We don't we we want them to de- to deny all the evidence of who you are. And, and we know what the prophets say. We know there's over 300 prophecies about the Messiah. We know that you're fulfilling all of these prophecies. But hey, we're getting rid of the evidence, and that's exactly what people do today. They they want to get rid of the evidence. They they don't want to listen to the evidence. And, and and it and it's just piles and piles and piles of evidence not only in God's word but you can go through history and history backs up the word of God all of these archaeological findings that they have found it just matches up exactly with the bible you can go back and you can google it and study it for yourself there have been people over the course of time who has tried to go back in time and and, and, and disprove god disprove the bible and 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 what happens to every one of those people when they do that they always find something that in an archaeological dig themselves and i'm thinking in particular of sir william ramsey who found the word polytarch which is used of a, a government official he he said i'm going to disprove luke in his writing because there's no way that that word's not found anywhere and then he, he goes over there himself and he finds it on on a stone and and it changed his life. And it, and it's always this way. When when people, instead of suppressing the truth, if we would just take the time to read God's word and ask God, hey, if this is real, reveal it to me. And he will. And and, and and if we would just take the time to go back in history and, and, and look at all of the proof, and, and, and as Paul says in Romans and in Corinthians, when, when, if we would just look into the heavens and look around, The heavens declare his glory. His hidden attributes, they're they're not hidden at all. They're they're right before our very eyes. But we have to open ourselves up to the truth, not suppress the truth. These religious people, they were doing the same thing that we do today. We, We want to get rid of all the evidence and we want to suppress the truth. Why? Because we want to be our own God. We want to do our own thing and we don't want some God that we can't see telling us how to live and to tell us when we do choose our own way that there's consequences called sin and there's there's consequences to sin but whether we choose to believe that or not it does not change the fact that God's word is the standard God himself is the standard And he has passed down his word to us on how we can live to be pleasing to him and how he has sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and that his blood will wash our sins away. And we can be reconciled. We can be made friends again with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way to do that is by faith in Jesus. It is impossible to please God without faith. And faith says, I'm going to believe you, God, even though I can't see you. I'm going to trust what your word says because it is the standard. And we're going to be uh we're going to be judged by the word of God. And if we don't have the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins, there is no way that we will ever stand before God and make it. God's going to say, I don't know you. I never had a relationship with you. You rejected me. You rejected my message, and and worst off, you rejected the sacrifice that my son has made for you. You have rejected the greatest love that anybody has ever shown you. So you're going to have to depart from me. You cannot be in my sight because you are full of sin, and there's no way that you can be since you have rejected my son and his sacrifice. Your sins can't be washed away, and you're going to be t- you're going to be put. Re- And and rejected by God and placed in hell for eternity in torture and torment saying why did I not listen why did I want to be my own God why why did I just not allow Jesus to wash me in his blood and to allow the Holy Spirit to fill me and why did I not walk with God I should have listened and it's going to be too late But today, if you hear the sound of my voice, you have an opportunity to be washed in the blood of Jesus, to be filled with his Holy Spirit. I pray today that you make that decision. If I can help you in any way, if I can pray with you, if I can put you in contact with somebody where you're at, I will be glad to do so. Just please contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and let me know how I can help you. Thank you for listening today. We're going to continue with Luke chapter 20 in the next podcast. Uh, I just want to, again, encourage you to not be like these religious leaders. Who do you think you are, Jesus? He is God in the flesh. Listen to him. Don't reject him. Accept him as your Lord and Savior today. Be baptized for the remission of your sins and be filled with his holy spirit so when you take your last breath on this earth you'll take your first breath in heaven with him god bless you thank you for listening today thank you for sharing the grind podcast with your friends and your family your co-workers everybody because when you share this podcast you're sharing them with them the opportunity to get to know jesus and to grow closer to jesus keep grinding Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.